Okay. Amen. Now, in Jesus' name, it's going to be this wonderful, right? Amen. <laughs> no pressure or anything, okay? <laughs> but Pastor Ed and Judy are on their way to um, Florida because they're going to, um, they're going to Rodney Howard Brown's Leadership Conference. And we had gone one year, and it is so anointed. When I went, we went, and we, we went to the first service. service, it was Monday night, and it's like 11.30 at night, and it's still going strong, and we're like looking at each other like, what's going on here? And it kept going and going, and we didn't get out of there till like 12, 12.30. So we're like, oh, maybe this is just like one night. The next morning they meet, it's the same thing, like five hours minimum. That night, same thing, next day, the whole thing. This is what they do on a regular basis. So at first we're like, you know, we're talking to each other, we're like, do they do this like in their regular Sunday services? Like, do people actually sit through this whole thing? You know, because culture now is so different. So we think, okay? So um, we found out that this is exactly what they do every single service, at least they did. But by the end of that week, we were so hungry for church. Now, you know we're in church all the time. We've been going to church, you know, since we got saved. And we love church. We've always loved church. We're the associates. We love church. You guys love church. But this was a different spirit. It was something that just like, just got on us. Like, I want to be in church every day. I want to be here twice a day. I want to be here for hours and hours. Like, I want to be here all day. And I believe that God is getting us ready for that with this end time revival, that these ch our churches are going to be open 24-7, that people are going to be so hungry, they're going to be lined up at the doors. And we already have, you know, since we've been to those meetings, then our teens went down there. And a lot of people don't want to leave on Sunday. They're hanging around all day long, all day. No one leaves, not no one, but uh, uh, there's a good portion of people that do not leave this building and stay until the night service because they love the kingdom of God, amen? They love the family of God and the church of God. So anyway, pastors are going down there. Pray for them. Pray for, for them to receive everything that God has for them. And I know they're going to, because they are so hungry and so excited about what's going to be happening down there. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good. I feel the anointing every time I think about them going. And I can't wait for them to come back. They need to have that impartation so they can come back and give us the impartation. Amen? So tonight I'm going to talk about, um, it's, it's a subject that, um, and you'll, you'll see in a second, I didn't put it up yet, right? It's a subject that I didn't really want to call it this name because I know, especially with this generation as a whole, but especially the younger generation, sometimes when they see this, they think, oh, you know, they, she's older, she doesn't know what she's talking about, or oh no, they're gonna preach at me, or you know, whatever. So, but I couldn't get away from the name that is, you know, the name of the actual um, sermon tonight. And, and I'll explain why in a minute. So the actual name of this sermon is called Labels, okay? And um, many of you that know about culture right now know what a label is. Because everyone is labeled these days, everybody. No matter what kind of a personality, no matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are, no matter you know, what sex you are, no matter what, you're, you'll have a label, amen? And labels, 
um, you know, if you have a name, it can be good, but a label is actually a negative. It's in, in our culture, it is actually a negative tendency. A, a negative, uh, so I, I was looking up in, in some of the websites, worldly websites, and um, one of the uh, worldly websites actually explained a label this way. Now, I have notes everywhere, so bear with me, okay? They're all over the place, so thank you guys. Just have patience. Um, <clears throat> a worldly website said this, labels are judgmental. So labels are not good. They're actually judgmental. And we can label other people, and when we do that, we're actually judging that other person. We're being judgmental toward that other person. So you never want to label a person because it's actually a judgmental thing. But one of the things I want to talk about is labeling ourselves. Because we can see this on the internet. We can see it on TikTok. We can see it on Google. We can start to analyze all the different labels that we hear going on in society. And then we begin to hear what these labels mean. And we can start to think, wow, that's me. I'm passive aggressive. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I, I'm confused. I'm a, I have anxiety. You know, there's so many labels. And, and honestly, what you're doing when you do this is you're separating yourself from the word of God and you're taking what the enemy has put out there to destroy people and you're taking it, putting it upon yourself and separating yourself from what the word of God tells you who you are. And we have to be so careful to never do that to not only anyone else, but to ourselves also. Because we can also, especially, I feel like women especially, and men can be that way too, but women especially can be very hard on themselves. They can be very judgmental about themselves. So, um, you know, so when we see these things, and, and women want to fix it, and men do too, we want to fix ourselves. We, we want to be that perfect person. We want to please God. All of us do. We're Christians. We want to please God. We want to do what's right. We don't want to be this person that has any error in our life. We don't want to be a person that has any faulty characteristics. So we can go in and start to research things for the reason of, you know, wanting to fix what is wrong in us. So we'll go in and dig, and we'll find out, you know, why we're confused, or why our thoughts aren't lined up, or why we um, have certain feelings, or, you know, there's just so many things that um, can really kind of derail us if we let it, okay? But as we go in, and we start going in and searching, and finding out what all these names mean and if they have to do with us, we're beginning to plant seeds, beginning to plant seeds of negativity. We're beginning to plant seeds that are actually gonna cause us, cause this thing to take root in our lives. That's, it's gonna become us, it's gonna become a part of us. And the, the reason it's bothering us is because we don't want it as a part of our life. We don't want it as a part of our child's life. We don't want it as a part of our spouse's life, our friend's life. But when we go in and start digging and seeing what the world has to say about it, we're actually empowering that thing. We're, 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 we're letting that thing just, you know, again, take root in our heart. And once it takes root in our heart, it's going to be really hard to, hard to pull it out. 
okay? We know the way to pull it out, right? Through the word of God, through the word of God. And there's, there's different ways that we can do things, and we have different ways that in the end I will share with you that, um, that can help to kind of take charge of the things that are really, you know, trying to take over our Christianity, really. It's trying to take over uh, who we are in Christ. So, so we're going to talk about this for a minute. Now, I told you that the word label would not go away from me. Like, I, you know, the devil's a wordsmith, by the way. He knows exactly how to, to form words and to form phrases and to form sentences and to form. That's what he did in the Garden of Eden. He went to Eve and he said, if you look and see what he said in the Garden of Eden to Eve, it was all trickery. He would say the truth mixed with a twist of a lie. With, he got her to question, you know, what God actually had said to her and to Adam. He got her to question that God was not a good God, but that he was actually trying to keep something from them. And he was trying to harm them. And he did it all through words. So words are very powerful. And so that's why we have to stay away from what the world is telling us, you know, that in society. And we have to... As soon as these things come to our attention, we need to run, run to the word of God and say, God, what do you have to say about this? What do you have to say that counteracts what the devil is trying to put in my life right now? What do you have to say in your word, okay? And that's how you fight against that label that the devil is trying to put on you. And honestly, if you look, you'll have many labels. There'll be so many labels you can adhere to. Now, the word label means this. And, and I looked up the definition, and I knew is, when I read this, this is why the Lord wanted me to stick with the word label, okay? I just thought it was me, like, using that word. But I realized after two days, and it would not go away a while ago, I said, wait a minute. Is this God just not letting this go? And then I just felt like, yeah, it's God. And then, then I just felt, had the sense to just look it up in my spirit. So this is what label means. Um, it means a classifying phrase. Do we have the definition? Did I give that to you? I'm not sure if I did. But anyway, a classifying phrase or name applied to a person or thing, especially one that is inaccurate or restrictive. So this label... It's classifying you. It's putting you in a classification in your mind of who you are, keeping you restricted, or it's not even the truth. And most of the time, honestly, it's not even the truth. Yeah, there might be truth in some of what's happening, of course. That's why it's bothering you. That's why, you know, it, it, it's standing out to you. But when you take that label and you begin to label yourself, you begin to be that person. You begin to, you know, your whole life can be wrapped up in this one label. And honestly, guys, we all have personalities. We all have different ways we think and act and perceive things and register things. We are all made differently, but we are all made in the likeness of God. Amen? We are God's child, and, and, and he has made us. Now, it doesn't mean we don't have to work on things, because we totally do. And I want to bring that into it, too, that this doesn't mean that we are perfect in our spirit, by the way. When we became born again, it says that all things passed away, all old things have passed away, and all became new. Well, we know that when 
when we got saved that our hair was still the same color, our eyes were still the same color. We were still that same person in our body. We know that, you know, if we had a problem with somebody, uh, we still might have had this, that problem. Although, you know, our attitude might have changed because the spirit of love entered into us. So, but we might have some things in the soulish realm that we had to work on. But our spirit man was made perfect in Christ. And that's what we want to stay focused on is the spirit, the spirit realm. Because when you stay focused on the spirit, that's when perfection is going to begin to operate in your life. We'll never be perfect, so to say, but we are made perfect in Christ. And we have to know that. And that's what we have to aim towards. That's what we have to go for is the perfection that God wants us. We are, we are made holy like he is holy, the Bible says. So we want to, that's what we need to concentrate on. Not our faults, but who is Christ and who has he made us, okay? Now, it says in the Bible that the spirit, if you go after the spirit, it's life. And if you go after the carnality, it's death. These labels are carnal. They have been set up by Satan to destroy mankind. He has, he has put these, and he's seeing, this is crazy. This is working. I can't believe these people. They're just like eating it up. They want the labels. They want to be called these things. They want to feel bad for themselves. They want to, you know, be self-destructive. They want this. So as you notice, this thing is accelerating. There's more and more and more and more and more labels coming out every day. I, I swear, it's like every day this thing is happening. And so we have to be, we, you know, it's, it says in the Bible that, we have to take our thoughts captive, and we have to understand where our thoughts are going. We can't just like let our thoughts run crazy and run wild, but we have to, on purpose, see where our thoughts are going, what we're thinking about. Pay attention to your thoughts, because your thoughts can be destructive if they're carnal. And when you begin to take captive and take hold of those thoughts, you're going to begin to... Um, uh, you're going to begin to put the spirit realm on them, and then your thoughts will start to be spiritual again. They'll start to come out of that rut that you've kind of fallen in, and it's, you'll be pulled out of that thing, and, and, your, and your thoughts will begin to, again to become spiritual. So um, I want to, uh, first of all, Ty, we're going to pull up that list of... Um, this is a list of mental disorders. So I, I looked up mental disorders, okay? And there was different, all different types of lists. But, um, but I just want to show you, this is how many that Wikipedia says in this one article, this is how many mental dis, disorders there are listed in this one article. Okay, I didn't count them. I didn't have time to count them. But look at the list goes on and on and on. Language disorders, um, night terrors, um, nightmare, rapid eye, circadian rhythm, jet lag. Jet lag's a disorder, right? I mean, some of this stuff. Alcohol use disorder, okay? Cannabis use disorder. And there's a whole bunch of them under each of those. Uh, opioids. Um, hypnotic, cocaine, look at all the list on cocaine, amphetamines, synthetic cathinone. Oh, disorders due to use of caffeine. Did you know that using caf caffeine 
will create disorders in your life. Disorders, okay? Uh, nicotine, volatile inhalants. I think if you are having in, inhaling volatile inhalants, there might be a problem there, okay? Uh, gambling disorder. Uh, food addiction, shopping addiction. There's a shopping addiction. Um, so it just goes on. But look it. Keeps going and going and going. But you know what? Notice that these words all say dysfunction and disorder. First of all, God did not create anything with dysfunction and disorder. And if you have a spirit of faith, you will never declare that over yourself ever. And if you have, you will never do it again because I'm believing that everyone's going to catch. You know, we, we have that spirit of faith when it comes to uh, finances, when it comes to sickness. We know how to deal with those things. But when it comes to like these side issues, sometimes we don't realize that we can use the same methods that we have used to gain our prosperity, to gain our health, to gain our salvation. We have to use the same principles to take care of all the little things that are going on in our lives. This isn't little, by the way. This is big. This is big because it's something that anything that the devil tries to put on us, guilt, condemnation, anything, it is not a light matter. It is something that is set out to destroy you, to destroy your Christianity, to destroy your life even. It is actually set. If there's anything from the devil, like... I can get under condemnation, and one day the Lord showed me, you know, because you think, I want to please God. I told you that before. You want to please God, and you want to do what's right, and sometimes you realize, I might not have done the right thing here. I might not have made the right decision. I might have messed up some, you know, the, the pathway of my life by doing, making this wrong decision, and you start to dwell on that, and you start to think about it, and you begin to get under that 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 the devil, he, he comes so weighty and you begin to wake up and you can't sleep and the thoughts are going through your mind and it's, you know, the anxiety, the anxiousness, all of that tries to overtake you. And, but in the name of wanting to please God, so you let it kind of ride out in your life because, hey, it's about pleasing God. I'm just kind of thinking about what I did that was wrong. But one day the Lord showed me, he said, if this is from the devil and you know it is, and you're using, you're, you're thinking that it's okay because, you know, you want to please me. But if this is from Satan, then why are you allowing it in your life? Why are you allowing him to put condemnation on you? Do you not know that if he is putting something in your life, that it is actually out to, to like rip apart your, your life, your family, your uh, Christianity? and the plan of God that he actually does have for you. So while you're feeling guilt and condemnation about how you didn't go on the right path, you're actually letting the condemnation of it destroy what God does have for you and how he does want you to move forward. And it's a vicious cycle, and you cannot, you have to stop it. You have to say, enough is enough, devil. I'm not allowing this. I'm not allowing it anymore. And, you know, and we, again, we can label ourselves as, you know, uh, disobedient. I'm so disobedient. I'm so bad. I'm so. But these are not faith words. These are not God words. These are not Bible words. 
These are flesh words. These are devil words. These are condemnation words. And we have to take these things and we have to begin to crumble them up and throw them away and replace them with what God has for us. And it is very on purpose and it is very, very pointed and we have to do it not in a not in a flippant way and not in a, you know, a casual way, not in a casual way, but we have to take, I, Pastor Judy gave me a word recently, and she said, you need to take the, bull by, take the bull by the horns, and I knew exactly in the spirit what that meant, and I, and, and, and that word is so good because many of us are just kind of, you know, floating throughout Christianity, everything's good, everything's nice, but... We aren't taking what God has for us and really just, just stepping up and running and running and running the way God wants us to. And that's in your home. And, and again, it's, this is not condemnation, any of it, none of it, none of it. It is all about, it is all about helping it is all about helping everyone here to actually excel in their lives and to not go the way of the world that is trying to suck even Christians backwards and to get us in the, the worldly loop, you know. You think, how can Christians <clears throat> think it's okay for a little baby to be ripped from its mother's wombs? There are a lot of Christians that think that's okay because, again, the wordsmith, the devil, has twisted what that actually looks like, and they think of the mom, the poor mom. What about the mom? What about the mom? The mom isn't being murdered, guys. It's the baby. It's the baby. So let's not play, let's not play the word game with the devil, okay? Let's see truth as it is. Truth is truth. And the new thing in the world is, well, that's my truth. That's my truth. That's what I believe is truth. No, truth is truth. It's not your truth. It's not my truth. It is truth. And all truth is in the word of God. All of it. All of it. The word of God is all truth. There is not one shadow of turning, not even a shadow of turning in the Bible. So we have to run to it. This is our victory. This is where we're going to win, okay? So um, so let's... let's uh, Here's one disorder that was up there, factitious disorder. This is a mental disorder in which a person intentionally produces or feigns physical or psychological symptoms in order to get attention or care. People with factitious disorder may go to great lengths to fake their symptoms. Now, honestly, I probably did that every day growing up when I was, had to go to school, okay? So I had fictitious, what is it called? Factitious disorder. Okay, that's, that's just one up there that I had. Okay, so we're gonna go through we're gonna go through a mental illness checklist right now. Okay, so I have Ty. He's gonna go through a mental illness checklist. <clears throat> okay, the first one is unusual or illogical thoughts. Okay, so right there, I have mental illness. Okay. <laughs> According to the world, I have mental illness, okay? That's just the first one, okay? How many of you, according to the world, have mental illness just based on that one? You don't have to raise your hand, okay? Next one, unreasonable anger or irritability. How about when your kids drive you crazy and they come in at 11 at night and say, scratch my back and I'm really tired? I have unreasonable anger or irritability, okay? So I have mental illness. Okay, go ahead. The next one, poor concentration in memory not being able to follow a conversation. Uh, that happens 
right. That happens too often, okay, because our minds are sometimes busy elsewhere. And yes, we should pay attention, and we should pay attention to the person in front of us, but those things happen because our brains can be elsewhere at times, okay? That's another thing of mental illness. Go ahead. Hearing voices that no one else can hear. Well, that might be mental illness, okay. <laughs> uh, increased or decreased sleep. How many of you have increased sleep sometimes? And how, how many of you have decreased sleep sometimes? Do you think that's kind of normal? Okay, go ahead. Uh, increased or low appetite. How many of you have increased appetite at times and low appetite at times? Okay, sometimes I don't have to eat all day and sometimes I'm voracious. So that's normal. Not everything is perfect, okay? Lack of motivation. Well, I'll tell you. Sometimes I feel a lack of motivation. Sometimes you're like on fire and sometimes you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do it. You have to, but you don't, just don't feel like it. Uh, withdrawing from people. Um, that might just be, yeah, people can get into um, depression and they be can begin to withdraw from people, but sometimes people just withdraw from people because they're selfish, because they don't want to take the time with people, okay? so but that's mental disorder. Go ahead. Uh, not looking after, what was that other one? We missed one. You gotta go back one. Not looking after personal hygiene or other responsibilities. That's 99% um, of teenagers. Okay, let's go. Feelings that life is not worth living or more serious suicidal thoughts. Yeah, that's really serious. And sometimes those thoughts can come because you know what? We're hearing those things all the time. I'm sure many people in here have known people that have committed suicide. And the more you hear about it, thoughts can come in your mind. It doesn't mean that you want to commit suicide. But again, we have to take authority over these thoughts that the devil is trying to inundate us with, okay? Or that life is not worth living. Life is worth living in Christ. So, oh my gosh. Go ahead, drug use. Yeah, don't use drugs. Uh, but the funny thing is, if you have mental illness, they put you on drugs, okay? Become obsessed with a topic like death or religion. I think we all have mental illness here because we're all obsessed with religion, right? We're all obsessed with Jesus. Go ahead, uh, not performing as well at school or work. So, that, as you can see, if you go digging, in the way of the world, you will think that you have mental illness. Okay, that was just an example, guys. That wasn't so that you would all think, oh my gosh, I have to go to a doctor when I get out of here. <laughs> That's not what, what that point was. The point was that a lot of these things are just normal things, but if you go and look at symptoms, you can take on yourself that thing, that title, that label, okay? And we don't wanna do that as Christians, okay? Um, <clears throat> Another thing is be really careful with your children because I actually have a list here. I, I think I wrote it down. Yeah, I did. Good. I'm just actually going to read it first, okay? So this is, um, this is probably a list of a child that has ADD, okay? Um, having a short attention span and being easily distracted. Making careless mistakes, for example, in school appearing forgetful or losing things, being unable to stick to tasks 
that are tedious or time-consuming, appearing to be unable to listen to or to carry out instructions. Now, how many of us know here that that's a typical child? But that's why most children are probably on ADD or ADHD medication because they have this list, they put fear into parents, and then parents think, my child's never gonna succeed if I don't put them on this medication. But the thing with medication, and again, if there's anybody on medication or has put your child on medication, this is not a thing of condemnation, okay? Because there, let me back up, there are some children that probably need to be on a little medication, like Pastor Laurie and, and Pastor Mike, their brother, um, I think he set fire to a building when he was a little boy. So you might want to put him on a little medication, okay? <laughs> My brother, when he was like two or younger, was climbing on top of the refrigerator. And my mother heard something out back at like three in the morning one day, somebody crying, and it's my brother out by the pond, you know, just decides he's going to leave the house. So he probably needed a little medication. But let's back up even further that uh, government has taken rights away from the parents to discipline their children. And I wouldn't even say they've taken it away because... Honestly, legally, they probably have no right to do that. So in the Bible, it says to, to discipline your child if you love them and you don't want them to go to hell, you will discipline your child. And then if you discipline your child, they probably will not do those things, okay? But, you know, that's about the time Dr. Spock was coming out and saying, you know what, guys? We don't want to teach our children violence. We want to put them in a corner and give them a timeout. That doesn't work. That does not work. Locking them in their room does not work. But give them a little, I, I like what um, one preacher calls it, a pow-pow. <laughs> give them a pow-pow, and they'll be all set. It's not done, over with, and you're good, okay? So our little ones, you know, like Alex, when she was a baby, decided she was going to, like, stick something in a light socket. Well, she got a little pow-pow on her hand, which you're not supposed to really do on their hand because they have padding on their rear end for that. And it was, didn't hurt. You know, it was just like a that, and she, but she knew what it was, and she cried. I know, you know, she was a little baby, but I don't want my child being electrocuted. Okay, I would rather give them, you know, a little something, a little pow pow, <laughs> and they learn, and it did, and she never did it again. So um, it's really important to go the again the ways of the Lord. Okay, so anyway. I don't know where I was going because I kept backing up, and now I don't know where I was heading. So. <laughs> What is it? Yeah, so the child list. Um, oh, yeah, thank you. So we have to be careful about putting our kids on medication because many children that I have seen, you know, from the time my kids were little, and they were just rambunctious kids. They had great personalities. They were fun. They were, they were happy. But they were put on medication, and they became, I don't know, it took away their personality. It took away their joy. They became like little robots, and it was so sad to see. But now, you know, I get to see them when they're older, and they almost can't deal with life. They can't function. Their personality wasn't allowed to be developed. They weren't able to come into that personality that they had. 
they were, they had the best personalities. They were like out there talking to everybody. Instead of doing their schoolwork, they wanted to talk to all the girls and they wanted to, you know, instead of playing sports, they were on the sidelines talking to everybody. That was who they were. But just because they didn't do great in school, let's put them on medication. Well, guess what? You don't always have to succeed by doing great in school. And I'm not dis discrediting school guys, so don't you dare get bad grades, okay? And say, Pastor Laurie said I could, because I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that some people that, that have those, those personalities actually are the people that can start businesses and organizations because they have the energy and they have the, 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 um, the buzz on the inside of them to make these things happen. So you don't want to strip that out of a child's life and make them a little odd when they're adults because that's what happens. They, again, they don't know how to deal with life and probably will have to be on medication for the rest of their life unless they come into the things of God, amen, because he's a healer. Okay, let's go. Um, so be very careful when it comes to that. I'm not saying don't do it. I didn't say that. So please do not say, Pastor Laurie said we can never go on Medicaid. I don't know. you got to pray about your situation. You have to put the word of God on your situation. That's what I had to do. I've had to do that many times. And the Lord begins to show you the path you're supposed to go on because everyone's got a different path. Everyone's got a different way that God wants them to do things. It could be through nutrition or a vitamin or we all have a different chemistry. And, and there are different things that affect each one of us. So let's go the way that God has for us. We don't want to be confessing these things over ourselves, but we want to confess what the word of God says about us. And as we do that, no matter what it looks like, he is going to show us how to get out of it. And he is going to heal us in Jesus' name. Okay. So, um, so with this, we think, oh my gosh, I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect person. I, I, my mind gets confused sometimes, and I feel a little, you know, jittery or whatever. But has anybody ever seen The Stepford Wives? Raise your hand if you've ever seen The Stepford Wives. Okay, creepy movie, okay. <laughs> but in this movie, um, this couple moves to a town. It's probably kind of a, like a utopian town, I, I would say, for rich people. And the lady that moves in there, it's a family with two little kids. And in this movie, um, this lady begins to notice that all the wives are like, they're doting over their husbands. They're these perfect wives, that, so to say. And um, they never talk back, and they're, they're just so docile, and they're always waiting on their husband's hand and foot. Now, nobody get any ideas in here, guys, okay? And um, so this lady's like, that's weird. So she has a friend that moved in right before her. And again, it's a town. And they decide they're going to investigate. Like, this is too weird. So they go and they investigate all this paperwork. The men have, like, this men's society, you know, that they get together all the time. And her husband's starting to attend this more and more and more. And so the, la the lady, her friend that's helping her to um, try to figure out why are these ladies like this, she, um, she, be, she now turns into a woman that is doting over her husband and shopping in flowing gowns and, you know, just this, as a man might look at it, like this perfect, although they wouldn't if they actually had that, but as a perfect wife. And um, so now she's the only one left. And, you know, of course, at the end of the story, you can guess what happens. But this is, I have a clip, and this is what it looks like if you have no character issues, no uh, talk back, no nothing. Supposedly a perfect housewife or a perfect human, so you can show that. 
Okay, so that is, they actually were turned into robots, okay? So they actually killed the woman off and they made robots. But you know what, the devil is trying to make us robots. He's trying to take away who we are and to make us feel like everything that we are is wrong and it's, it, and it's a toxic thing, okay? We don't wanna be robots. We wanna be who we are, minus the sinful part of us, okay? I'm not saying that the sinful part of us is good if we're selfish, if we're, you know, we can say, well, I'm, um, what's the word? I'm, I'm an introvert, I'm an introvert. But a lot of times that's just an excuse for not wanting to give of ourselves to others because, we, you know, we all have a mouth and we all have a heart of love and we all can walk out, let's say, in that hallway and to reach out to somebody that's new in our church and to just speak to others and help them. That's not, you know, that's, that's um, not an introvert, but we need to give our lives for the gospel. We need to give our lives. If we're not going to do it here, where are we going to do it, right? So we need to give of ourselves and to break these bondages in our lives. So um, I'm going to read about Asa. We're going to pull that up. Asa... He was the third king of Judah, okay? And um, do we have the scripture up? I think I sent that to you. <clears throat> okay. No, that's not it. Sorry, I didn't tell you the scripture reference. It is um, 2 Chronicles 16, 12, and 13. Uh, in the 39th year of his reign... Asa developed a serious foot disease, yet even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. Okay? So he died in the 41st year of his reign. Okay? I'm not saying you guys are going to die, but if you don't turn to the Lord, that area of your life could die. Okay? We don't want to just give in to a situation in our life we need God's life, not the devil's death in our life. And we need to recognize that if God is showing us, a, us something, if something's cropping up in our lives or in our marriage or in our children or in our friendships or in our relationships or whatever it may be, if something is cropping up, that is not an area that we need to just declare destruction over. We need to say, God, you are God, and I am never going to give up because I have a spirit of faith. And I have a spirit that knows that you can handle anything. You can do it. And I'm not going to give in, and I'm not going to throw the towel in. I'm going to do this until kingdom come. I am not giving up. And when you have that attitude that I'm going to do this forever if I have to, I'm going to stand in faith forever, you will get your answer faster than anybody. Things will begin to break. Things will begin to turn around for you. And... Um, I know that, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was going through a lot of stuff. I was, like I said, I was going through condemnation. I was going through things. And, you know, anxiety. I had never dealt with anxiety, ever. But all of a sudden, I started having panic attacks. I started having these things start to come at me. And I'm like, what is going on? And him, too, he's like, what is happening here? But, you know, after, you know, a, a season of that, <clears throat> he said, you know what? I, f I woke up this morning, and I feel like if you don't deal with this, that it's, it's going to be really bad. And when he said that, I, knew, I won't even confess, but I knew, what he, I knew what it meant. I knew when he said it's going to be really bad what that actually meant. And 
I knew, you know what? I got to get out of this. So what did I do? I ran to the word of God. I got scriptures out. When I'm staying up at night and all the tormenting thoughts are here and they're coming at me and, you know, I'm, you know, this and I'm that, I began to get out those scriptures about peace. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, breaking it down, saying it slowly, thinking about every word that I was, like, meditating on. That's what meditation is, that you would just take one scripture even as you're going to sleep as you're going about your day, and you would begin to just say it softly, you would begin to say it um, slowly, and you would begin to think about every single word that's being said out of the word of God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall rule and reign in my heart. And as those words were, were being, you know, were going over in my mind, they were dropping in my spirit. And I'm sure many of you have heard of the just the um, phrase, the bomb of Gilead. That's what it felt like. It felt like this oil, this soothing oil going into my spirit, covering my mind, as I would say that. And I would go to sleep just on that. And I would go to sleep so quickly, and I began to not wake up. And sometimes I would, and I would get the scripture out, and I would begin to do the same thing. Well, guess what? These things began to break off of my life. And joy began to be restored into my life. And at the beginning of this year, this was actually last year, in the beginning of this year, the Lord said, you are going to walk in a joy that you have never experienced before. While we were fasting, the Lord told me that. So when you go after what God wants, it's not the easy road all the time. It is, actually, because it's the road that's once you enter it and you begin to do it, it is the easy road. But initially, it's not the easy road. You want to do what your flesh wants to do. Your flesh wants to be out of control. And... Um, but when you begin to do that, it breaks. It causes victory. It causes God, God's plans to start to manifest in your life. And that's what we want. Now, when Asa decided to go after the doctors, now, it didn't say, can I go back there for a second? It didn't say, hold on. Uh, it says he, he developed a serious foot issue, disease, and even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help. And so many people, they run to a doctor first. They run to the medicine cabinet first. They run to the things of the world first. And they don't seek God first. And then it says, no, back up. Thank you. He did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physician. So it wasn't saying that he wouldn't, it was bad for him to turn to physicians. It said he turned only to the physicians. So we have to, you know, again, if we're going through this, you know, labeling, if we're, if, we're, if we're, you know, finding symptoms in our lives, God might say, yeah, you can take a little medication. Uh, you know, that's the path. While you're taking the medication, you be speaking the word. You get yourself out of this through the word of God. We're going to get you on an even plane here. And with that, the word of God is going to go. It's going to go in your spirit. It's going to go in your heart. It's going to go in your soul. It's going to begin to uproot the wickedness and the confusion and the anxiety and all the things that you're going through, the condemnation, the, um, you know, uh, just all the things that you can call yourself or another person. God's going to heal it. He's going to heal you. He's going to heal your marriage. He's going to heal your children. And he's going to cause great victory. And in this, you are going to grow by leaps and bounds. 
We're Christians. We want to grow, don't we? We don't want to just be casual church attenders. We are coming to church and learning about faith. But faith does nothing unless you apply it to your life. And when you do, you can sit here and say, oh, another message about faith. Or the people that are actually doing it, they're the ones sitting on the edge of their seat. Another message of faith because I'm actually in the middle of something right now. I'm in the middle of a faith project. And you are going to be the person that's going to just excel, excel in the things of God. I'm going to tell one more story, okay? Uh, Back, it's kind of a gruesome story, so be ready, okay? But uh, back thousands, I don't know how long, who knows, they might even do it now, who knows, but you know, in other countries, but there was a, a horrible um, tyrants. Tyrants are rulers that have no rule of law. They just do whatever they want. They, they, they treat their people very badly, okay? And uh, one, of the, one of the methods that they would punish murderers with was to take the body of the person that they had murdered and tie it to their body, okay? And so, and if anyone tried to rescue them from that and, and cut the bonds, they would be murdered. So no one would dare to do this. So they murder someone, now this person is tied to them, and now the body begins to decompose, as we know. It begins to decompose. But as it's decomposing, first of all, the smell of it is horrible like beyond anything that you can imagine. But also, as the body's decomposing, it's like diseased. And that disease gets on that person. It gets on the person that's alive. And it begins to seep into that person. And then that person becomes, becomes infected. And that person dies a horrible, horrible death. Not only having a dead person attached to them, not only the guilt of what they've done, not only this, the stench of hell, really, but you know, then dying this, this you know, is called contagion. And it's, it's just a horrible thing. But we can take these labels and attach them to our bodies, our minds, our souls, and we let them fester on the inside of us. We take them as ours, and we can let them destroy us but we need to cut those bonds off. We need to cut off those labels. We need to cut off what the devil has tried to do to us as Christians and, and try to bring us into a place of his level. But we're not on his level. He's a fallen angel, and we serve the God Almighty creator of heaven and earth. And how do we do that? How do the bonds get destroyed? How do they break off? Well, Number one, we already talked about the word. You have to get the word on it. You have to speak the word of God. The word, where's that scripture? You just had it up. The word is like a hammer, and it breaks the rock in pieces. So the hammer, the word of the, the hammer is the word of God. And as we speak it every day, every day, every day, it's hammering away at the situation that you are you're struggling with. You feel like you're coming under this situation. That word is like a hammer, and it's breaking it and breaking it and breaking it until it's actually a powder that blows away by the Spirit of the living God. Amen? It'll blow away if you keep at it. And the other thing is, do you remember when Silas and Paul were in prison? And they were, they were first of all, beaten with wooden sticks, okay? That's not a pretty picture. They were in agony. Then they were thrown, not escorted, thrown into jail. 
And then they were afraid they were going to escape, so they put them in the inner prison. Then they tied their, they, they shackled their feet. And at midnight, which is not a good hour, okay, the midnight hour, you know, represents the worst of the worst of your life. It's the, the time of death. It's a time of, of great torment. At midnight, what did Paul and Silas do? They began to praise God. And when they praise God in their pain, in their suffering, in their exhaustion, when they begin to praise God and choose not to cry, and choose, maybe they were crying, who knows, but they chose to go above the circumstances and to praise their living God. And when that happened, what happened? The shackles came off. The prison doors flew open. And that's what God wants to do for everyone here. He wants to break the confusion off your mind. He wants to break the anxiety off your life. He wants to break the problems in your marriage. He wants to break off all these things that are trying to keep you down. And he wants, he wants you to, again, live at life. He's our victorious champion. He's our victorious champion. And he wants to live. He wants us to live as victorious champions with him. Amen? So what we're going to do is we're going to ask the band to come up. And when they do, everybody should come up here because I know that everybody, you know, whether you're going through a good season or bad, we all have things that we're standing in faith over. And I think that everyone, if you can, should come up if you can't, you can't, but I think everyone should come up and begin to praise God for how good he is, for how strong he is, for how he has already taken care of our situation no matter what it looks like. It could look like the worst of the worst like Paul and Silas's situation did. But as you praise him, the prison doors are going to fly open, the shackles are going to come off, and God is going to visit you. And these are the things, if we cannot deal with the things in our own life or our own home, how are we ever going to help a ministry? How are we ever going to be in ministry? So many of us think, I, I want to be in ministry. I want to serve God. But how are we going to do that if we can't even take care and stay strong in the things of our own homes? We have to stay strong. And it's not easy because sometimes I want to kill Pastor Mike and tell God he died, okay? <laughs> sometimes I want to slap my kids upside the head. And, and it's probably the hardest place is in your home, okay? It, it is definitely the hardest place. So if you can break that in your own home, walk in love, and just really see those times where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it, <laughs> you know? But walking by faith and walking in love at those times, if you can see that through... You're, God's going to bring you into places you never dreamed. He's going to bring you into to positions that you, you never thought you would ever be able to handle, okay? But you can't get there until you battle the things that are right in front of you and have victory over it. That's what we have to deal with right now. These are what we're, this is what God has before us at this moment. So at this moment, this is what we have to overcome, not give in, guys. Not give in. Amen? So let's praise God because with the expectation that everything that you're going through is going to break off of your life, confusion, anything that is labeled confusion, that is not of God. God is not the author of confusion. He's a God of order. Okay, so anything that says confusion, 
you need to throw it away.